What is up, kangaroo chasers? And uh, you're probably not used to hearing me on a Friday, but I thought I'd record a little bonus episode for uh, for you Aussies. You probably, if you're listening to this quickly, as soon as it's uploaded, you'll be listening to it on your way home from work or maybe over the weekend. If you're one of our listeners from the UK or parts of Europe, it might be on your way to work on a Friday if you're not working from home. Uh, if you're from the States, then you're probably listening midday, hopefully, or as you're waiting for uh, for kickoff for the Nova Eagles versus Cleveland Rugby League match this weekend. Big shout out to Monty and, and Ryan who, who organised that over there. It's going to be huge. Um, but yeah, I wanted to sort of release this bonus episode because I get asked a lot of questions or we get asked, Big T and I get asked a lot of questions via the DMs on, on, so, on social media via our Twitter pages, our Facebook page, our Instagram page. We get asked questions all the time, and I try and respond to all of them. Um, I enjoy sort of the feedback that we get from you, the listeners, and I try and respond to any questions that we get um, as best as I can. But every now and then, every now and then, there is a question that gets asked a lot. Um, Or... There's a question that sort of demands more than just a quick DM text response. Um, so we had that this week, and I thought I'd I'd try I'd respond by way of a podcast, by a quick bonus podcast outside of our regular Chasing Kangaroos episodes. I'm calling this one Ask Carbs. Um, I'm not going to do it all the time, but you know when when there are questions like this or when it's called for, I will do it. This one's all about state of origin potentially being moved permanently to the end of the season. And I'm going to shout out to Jermaine William Bailey, who was the first to come to me with this question. Um, and a lot of people, like I said, we had we had quite a few who reached out and said, what's the go with this and what do you think? So basically, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, ARLC chairman, Mr. Peter Volandes, the man on a recent episode of 100% Footy, he uh he was pretty much backing a permanent move to the end of season state of origin if this season's coronavirus uh, induced series uh, in November rates through the roof. He said he'd like to see it potentially be showcased after the grand final each year. I wanted to sort of have a look at this from an international rugby league perspective and also from an NRL perspective as well. And look, I think there's been a lot of positive. Uh, feedback online about it. There's been a bit of negative feedback about it as well. I think it's a bad idea, um, and I'll get into that and why. But but first, Valandi's also flagged changes to origin eligibility rules. Now remember, origin eligibility and international el- eligibility rules are different things. And this may sound simple, but I've seen sections of media mix this up and get things wrong before. So I kind of want to clarify it a little bit and talk about that a little bit before we get right into it. So look, origin eligibility rules in a nutshell, and they've changed over the years, but basically if you're born in New South Wales or Queensland, that's who you play for. For players not born in New South Wales or Queensland, if they resided there prior to their 13th birthday, then that's where they can play. So for example, Caelan Pongo was born in WA, but he moved to Queensland as a kid. Um, so that's why he plays for Queensland. Uh, if you've played your first senior game in the state, then then you can choose um, New South Wales or Queensland. If your father played Origin, then you can choose the same state as your father. And there's a few variables there as well. So that's 
kind of how it works for state of origin. Now, the big one here, and the big one to remember here, is that to qualify for state of origin, you must be eligible and elect to play for Australia and not have represented another T1 nation at senior level. So that's England or New Zealand. They're the only two other T1 nations. I'll repeat that again. To qualify for state of origin, you must be eligible and elect to play for Australia and have not represented another T1 nation at senior level. Okay, so let's look at international eligibility in a nutshell now as well. So a player is eligible to represent any nation they, their parents, or their grandparents were born in. It's called the grandparent rule. You're all familiar with that. Uh, players can only represent one T1 nation in their career. So, for example, right, we saw Blake Austin and Jackson Hastings play for Great Britain last year. If they decided to play for England at the next World Cup, or if they were selected, eligible, put their hand up to play for England at the next World Cup and played, it would mean that they would never be able to play for Australia, which is where they were born. So that's how that rule works. Um, now, if players are eligible for a T1 and either a T2 or T3 nation, they can move between nations. It's what we saw with Fafita Taumalolo. Fafita played for Australia. He switched allegiances to Tonga. Taumalolo played for New Zealand. He switched allegiances to, uh, to play for Tonga. So we've seen that happen before as well. So technically, right, technically already, and this is where there's always confusion, technically a player can play state of origin, and they can play for a T2 or 3 nation as well, okay? So there's nothing stopping Tavita Pangai, for example. I'll use him as, a, as an example because there was a lot of talk about him last year. There was nothing stopping him from playing for New South Wales and then playing for Tonga as well. There is nothing stopping um, Katoni Staggs for playing for New South Wales and then playing for Tonga as well. Where the eligibility issue comes into play is... By playing State of Origin, they are um, they are electing to play for Australia first. But if they do not make that kangaroo side, they can then play for their T two nation. So that's how that works, and that's and that's kind of where the confusion and the issue is. What Valandis is basically saying that we're allowing these players to play Origin, but then they can select Tonga or Samoa or Fiji ahead of Australia, ahead of the kangaroos. That's where the eligibility um, or the state of origin eligibility um, change might come into play. But just to clarify, and people do get confused, you can play for state of origin and you then can play for a Pacific Island uh, nation or any other T2 or 3 nation uh, as long as you don't get selected for the kangaroos after that. Okay, now I know what you're thinking. This would open up the door if this change did come into play at origin level. It would open up the door for Jason Taumalolo to play for Queensland because he moved to Queensland um, at the age of 14. He'd be eligible to play. He played senior level there. Uh, but he has represented another T1 nation in New Zealand, so that would make him ineligible unless that would change as well. And I think if that rule changed, then look it means things would start to get really tricky for state of origin. It murks the waters and it's not sort of where we want to go. I'm going to start to talk about that now as well. So now that the main part of the question. So is moving origin to the end of season permanently a good thing for International Rugby League? Now, like I said, my gut initially, immediately for me, said no. Now, I've heard people say that it's an opportunity for an international window mid-year, but we've got to be honest with ourselves. 
how realistic is this of actually happening? If we had Origin at the end of the year, how realistic are we of having an, or, uh, an international period blocked out in the middle of the NRL season? It's highly unlikely. If anything, we'll probably have a one-week international break where we'd see meaningless one-offs like Australia versus New Zealand, Tonga versus Samoa, PNG versus Fiji. That's about it. Um, the latter two of the one-offs could form part of an Oceania Cup, which conclude during the origin period. But we'd then be at, at risk of having some of those eligible players playing origin instead of in Oceania Cup. So it doesn't really change what's happening right now. It's exactly the same situation that we're seeing right now, except origin would be at the end of the year instead of the middle of the year. In fact, it would actually be worse because we'd basically be killing any opportunity for postseason internationals. If you think the Kangaroos don't play much now, then wait until there's origin at the end of the season. There'd be no chance of the Kangaroos playing at all. And, and you know, if origin's in November, then when are we playing World Cups? Like, it's, it's kind of... This is typical Kangaroos, typical Australia, not really thinking about the rest of the world. And it's I hate to say it, but it, it's, it's the way it is. It makes me think, like, what about England? So they would be further fenced off. They would fall further behind the improving Pacific nations because they'd have no one to play. What are they going to do? Play a one-off test against Australia or New Zealand in the middle of the year and that's it? Who are they going to play at the end of the year when Origin's there? Is it going to be weakened Pacific sides? They've got no one to play. And this is, like, a whole other point. Like, the RFL Super League England... They need to be looking at how they can strengthen Europe and, and parts of North America and, and Middle East, etc., etc., because the Pacific, I've said this before, the Pacific in terms of rugby league, Oceania is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. This is where the superpower of rugby league is. It's the absolute opposite to what's happening in rugby union where Europe is the power and the Pacific is diminishing. England needs to look at a long-term plan, and I'm going way off topic already, but England needs to look at a long-term plan, how they can they can develop France in the short term, how they can develop Wales, Ireland, Scotland in the short term, and how they can develop Canada, Serbia, Greece, Italy, Russia, uh, Spain in the long, long term. Um, I don't care if England shellacks France in, in the short term. They need to be playing every year. A, a, a test match in the middle of the season against France in southern France could actually be competitive depending on how many French um, international players are let go from Catalan, for example, and allowed to play in this French side. That's something that needs to be looked at, and we might get into that a little bit further. But like I said, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, but look, I just think it's ridiculous. Like, do we really think we're going to be playing... Are we really going to open up a four-week window for internationals in the middle of the year, which is what we need, when we don't even do that for Origin anyway? Like Volandi said, the reason for moving State of Origin to the end of the year would be so that the NRL clubs aren't losing players mid-season to Origin, so that the competition doesn't get impacted, the NRL competition doesn't get impacted by Origin in the middle of the year like it does every other year. Does he really? Do we really believe that we're going to see internationals mid-year instead? There's no fucking way that's going to happen. So, look, I like the idea of of opening up a schedule, a window for internationals mid-year, but that's unlikely, especially if Origin is at the end of the year. Now, from the NRL's perspective, 
if the NRL makes the change for financial gains, I think it's incredibly short-sighted because these changes would be the beginning of a slow demise for Origin, which I think kind of needs to happen eventually anyway. But look, let me talk you through that. So for me, like if you start opening up eligibility, like Origin is about, what's Origin about? Let, Let me start with that. What's Origin about? It's state versus state. It's mate versus mate. It is really, and what it should always be at the end of the day, no matter if we think Origin or if the NRL thinks Origin is the pinnacle of rugby league, Origin still at its at its heart needs to be about kangaroo selection. It needs to be the best Australian players playing each other for kangaroo selection. It's why the kangaroos have been so strong for so many decades, because we've had state of origin. It's why the other nations are behind. Now, yeah, look, it's might be a good thing if we dilute that a little bit it means the new zealands of the world and the tongas can sort of start to catch up and some of these some of these pacific island players can be playing at the pinnacle what is currently the pinnacle of of the sports state of origin and it strengthens our pacific sides but it's not a good thing for the for the kangaroos at the end of the day um i think it's very short-sighted and i think that slowly it turns origin into a little bit of a farce it turns origin into an all-stars an american all-stars concept which i don't think works over here we'd end up in decades down the track having a blues all-stars team versus a a maroons all-stars team which doesn't accident actually represent new south wales or queensland um yeah who knows what it looks like but what i do think is it diminishes the value of origin it diminishes the the commercialization of origin. Um, I just think that we would have reached a peak and it's all sort of slowly downhill from here. And don't get me wrong, it will be slowly. Origin's not going to die in the next couple of years. Uh, International Rugby League, the way things are going, is not going to usurp origin in the next couple of years. But the NRL, International Rugby League, all of, all the bodies need to sort of come together and think about how this works in the long term because we've said for a long time origin being the pinnacle hurts international rugby league and it can't for international rugby league to grow origin can't always be the pinnacle this is a chance for us to sort of change the narrative a little bit but also it's a chance for the nrl and international rugby league and all bodies involved to start to maximize the commercial value of the international game Let's be honest, state of origin, it's probably at its peak. We make a lot of, the sport makes a lot of money from state of origin. It's the cash cow. But how much more room is there for finance and for commercialization of a state of origin? I don't think there's much more room. Potentially, if you take it to a, you know, to an international audience, there might be some potential there, but that can be happening anyway. The real potential is in the international game because New Zealand versus Tonga, for example, in parts of New Zealand can be as big as state of origin. You know, the the Oceania Cup has potential to grow commercially if we do it right, if it's a proper competition with a grand final, with Fiji playing in Fiji, Papua New Guinea playing in Papua New Guinea, Samoa playing in Samoa, Tonga playing in Tonga, for example. The potential for commercial value, there's much more potential room to move at international level. It seems simple but we don't seem to be doing it the right way. And I just think now is the time to say, okay, Origin has reached a peak in terms of popularity and commercialism, 
and all of that. We need International Rugby League to now step into that pinnacle position slowly over time. How do we make it so how do we make it work so that we can build this new cash cow, this new layer, this new pinnacle that is International Rugby League? How do we build that? How do we grow that? And then how do we still keep Origin being important for New South Wales, important for Queensland? Because if it is, it's still going to be a big money spinner. It's still going to be important. It's still going to be as valuable as it is now. It just means International Rugby League is going to be more valuable. And I think that's important for us to look at. Um, for me, Origin's maxed out, but it can stay where it is. Uh, it's time for International Rugby League to grow. Now, what would my season look like? This is all now pie in the sky stuff. I don't think it's going to happen my way but my way would be we'd look at our nrl pre-season we'd have our nines we'd have our all-stars um indigenous matches we then go into the start of a 22 round nrl season so the 16 teams we'd have 22 rounds which means seven eight teams will play each other twice and then you'd play the other eight teams once that gives you 20 that gives you 22 rounds um you'd have the 11 round start of the season, the first half of the season would play round ones to 11. Then we'd have a break. Similar to this year, we went on a COVID break, right? And rugby, the NRL competition came back and started again as big as like the season starting again. So the break was actually a good thing in terms of hype for the season. So we have our 11, round, 11 rounds, the first half, then we pause for four weeks. That four weeks is a rep break. This is when we should be playing Origin. But this is also when we should be playing Oceania Cup. So we should be playing Tonga versus New Zealand in a three-match series. Or England should be playing Fiji in a three-match series. Or Papua New Guinea. Or we should be playing England and France in a three-match series. Because Super League should be lining up the season. And we'll go into that a little bit more as well. As for the other players that are having a break, the players that aren't playing rep football, well, maybe there's something for them as well. Maybe we can organise a four-week... Australian Challenge Cup style tournament where the the remaining players that aren't playing internationals can mix in with some of the New South Wales and Queensland Cup players from those squads. New South Wales, Queensland Cup teams and other affiliated state teams can be playing in this tournament as well. And we can have a four-week Challenge Cup, which goes along, you know, as well during that period. But really, it's a four-week rep round. This is where we start to build the international game. This is where we start to grow the importance and where we can focus on state of origin as well. It can be fantastic. Then that's over. We go into the final 11 rounds, the second half of the NRL season. We start again with a bang and we finish the season and go into our semi-finals and our finals. Then after that, then we look at internationals. And that program can change all the time. It can be Australia, New Zealand in a three-match series. It can be New Zealand Tonga. It can be the rest of the Oceania Cup. It can be a Kangaroo Tour. It can be a Great Britain's Lion Tour. It can be Euros. It can be Middle East Africa. It can be Americas. It can be whatever we want it to be, and it can change and grow. We have World Cups as well. Like There is so much potential, but the format needs to really be pre-season, 11-round domestic, international window and rep window, 11-round domestic completion, finals, than internationals and that's how it needs to work in us in australia in the nrl and the super league should be mirroring that as well and working out how to do that and how to grow their part of the world i think that's the way to go but look in summary um moving origin to the end of the season permanently is it a good thing for international rugby league no fucking way